Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Crystal Marks with Seattle Pride and Seattle Out and Proud joins us to talk about Seattle Pride Parade. She is so excited. It is back and it is in person Sunday, June 26th. Welcome to the show, Crystal. So glad to have you back. Thank you for having me, Lori. I'm so excited to be here. Now, I'm trying to remember last year, was everything virtual or were you able to go live last year? It was still virtual last year in that hot Seattle weather, that hottest day of the year. So you must be really excited that we get to be in person this year. We, yes, I'm ecstatic. Our team is ecstatic. The community is reaching out with thanks to have it. And they're super excited. So we're really glad to be back. And so we are looking at the Seattle Pride Parade, which is Sunday, June 26th. Yes. So we are super excited. The theme for this year is family reunion. So it's all about coming back together, uh, joining each other back on 4th Avenue in downtown Seattle, right at Westlake Park at 4th and Pike, 4th and Pine, that area. And join, you know, 400,000 of your closest friends and family. And it's from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. But what would you suggest it would be a good time for people to get there? If you want a view whatsoever (laughs) or want a chance to sit down, if you bring your lawn chairs, things like that, I would suggest getting there no later than maybe 9, 9.30. And that's when our food and alcohol gardens open up as well. So it's a good time to get there and get a few snacks. So what are you really looking forward to with this event this year? I'm really looking forward to kind of a combination of seeing everyone, whether you're decked out in your best pride gear or you're just showing up for support, seeing everyone, but also how we've restructured the pride parade itself is really great. It is less of a corporate focus and more of community groups that are getting to lead off the parade and a lot of accessibility services this year. We have ASL interpreters at all three of our stages all day. Uh, This is live streamed for the first two hours on Cairo 7. We just have a lot more ways for people to be involved this year. How many entries do you have for the parade? We have roughly 15,000 people marching as of today, um, and registration has closed. So I feel like that's a pretty safe number. That's about 220 or so contingents. Do you get to preview all of these? We really don't turn a lot of people away. I think maybe, you know, if it's a blatant hate group, we have the right to, to say, no, thanks. We're not accepting your registration, but we get to go through every single one as they come in and as staff, all four of us on staff, We'll look and see who they are. We'll read their announcer script. So they let us know how they want to be announced at each stage. And that is one of the best parts for us is just hearing how groups want to talk about themselves. And some don't, some just want their name announced and they just want to be there and celebrate. But that's been one of the coolest things. You might see a veterinary group. So they might be walking their their dogs and then you'll see a group of kids and then you'll see gothic pride and then you'll see veterans and it's just like this huge mix of people and you don't know what you're going to get as a as an attendee and that's half the fun and the parade route is on fourth avenue right it is it's 13 blocks this is a big parade it's washington state's largest parade at just about 400,000 people that we estimate have been in attendance and or marching uh it's huge so it starts at fourth uh, and pine at westlake park and then ends at fourth and denny down near kind of, we call it the L curve or the L turn. And then it goes, feeds right into uh, Pride Fest for the celebration that's happening at Seattle Center. So can you talk a little bit about that, Pride Fest? 
Well, that's not our organization, but we do love to, we love partnering with them. We love that our parade ends where their celebration begins. It's a fantastic uh, relationship there. And they're also marching in the parade. So it's a, it's pretty traditional to like follow them over to, to Pride Fest at Seattle Center. We had Pride in the Park on the 4th. And again, that was live for the first time in a couple of years. What can you tell us about that? Seattle Pride in the Park was a total success. It was this perfect combination, even with the rain. It was like this perfect combination of a picnic meets music festival I saw more youth than I've ever seen before. Um, This was my first uh, time leading this particular event as the executive director, but I have gone numerous times with my kiddos and my family. It was wonderful to see so many queer and trans kids or allied kids and youth out there with their, their pride flags as their cape on their back and stickers and tattoos everywhere. Um, Tons of informational booths. We had over 45 booths that were just nonprofit organizations. People are getting resources, um, signing up for services, volunteering, just amazing ways to get plugged back into our community when we haven't seen each other in three years. What are you seeing as the gaps are being filled now? What are you seeing and feeling hopeful about? I am feeling really hopeful primarily from just like the LGBTQI plus community is all we're getting vaccinated. So that alone is a huge sign of improvement for me. We are an event organization, but we are also an advocacy organization. So being able to encourage our community to really follow best practices and stay safe is great. I'm also really excited just that things are opening up in our queer and trans spaces. So bars on Cap Hill or clubs where we've gone to dance, it's safer to go out to parks and hang out with each other youth services, things like at Lambert House or other youth organizations that that really serve our LGBTQI plus youth are starting to have programs again. And so that means we at Seattle Pride get to give our grants and sponsorships. We've given out over $285,000 in grants and sponsorships since 2018 to organizations that serve the LGBTQI plus community. And that's so great to see those requests coming back in because it means our programs are coming back. Your big focus is the events in the summer, but what are you all about the rest of the year? I love that question, Lori, because, you know, just like the the queer and trans community, we're here year round. (laughs) We don't disappear because it turns July 1. We also have a vote with pride in October. It's where we really work hard to get LGBTQI plus uh, community members registered to vote. We also do education around different civic matters. So for example, Um, We have a a weekly quiz that is online that we ask people to take with simple questions that, well, they feel simple to me, I think, because I was deputy mayor of my city for a few years, so I'm very familiar with it. But like, who do you call if you have a pothole in your road? Is it the governor? Is it the zoo? Is it the city, city council? And it's just kind of helping people to understand a little bit more about the community that they live in and to be engaged in that process. We know that there are a lot of folks in our community who aren't registered to vote. So making sure that we see ourselves as members of the voting community. And we registered tons of people our first year in uh, 2019 doing this program, I think with something like 34 people registered to vote and then 17 or 18 last year. And that was all virtual. So I can't wait to do that in person as well. And we created the Seattle Pride Voters Guide, which was a kind of a vetting process. It wasn't an endorsement, but we would rate candidates who took our survey on a scale of one to four pride flags on how well they answered questions pertaining to our community. And then we published it. We published their answers and our scoring of them. 
And we really pushed that out on social media and in on radio and news media as well. So our community could kind of know a little bit more about where candidates stood on their issues. And your Facebook page, is it Seattle Pride? That's us. Most of our social media is Seattle Pride. Our Twitter is our Seattle Pride. Our website is seattlepride.org. And if you head to our events page during the month of June, we list events for our entire community, not just things that we're putting on. So that's just seattlepride.org slash events. And we update it whenever we find stuff on the internet that we know people would like to go to. Can you talk a little bit about these scholarships and what, what you do in that regard? That sounds amazing. Yeah. So we dedicate our board of directors. I'll say this. Our board of directors are fantastic. They're members of the community. They're very in touch with different needs, different community members within the LGBTQIA plus space. So they have decided that every year we're going to donate 5% of our revenue, anticipated revenue for the coming year back to the community. So as I mentioned, over $285,000 since 2018 has been given back. And that's to organizations. While we could do the same, maybe do the same work that they're doing, they're already doing it and they do it way better. And they have the connections in that authentic way. So like Entre Hermanos, uh, Pocan, uh, Taking Black Pride, Lambert House, Uh, There's a new, I'm really excited about this one. There's a brand new trans choral group that is starting up. So we gave them a grant for $2,000 from our Seattle Out and Proud Foundation, our 501c3 nonprofit. So we're able to really provide startup funds for organizations that may not necessarily have that access to money. And then we're making those connections as well throughout the year to our corporate partners. Uh, Back in April, we did a networking event with our corporate partners and these nonprofit groups and introduce them to each other, said, hey, here are the things that you're both interested in or working on. You should meet each other and support each other directly. And that hadn't been done before in our community. It's been so good to see those relationships form. We're talking with Crystal Marks. She's the executive director of Seattle Pride. And so many things that I think we don't really know about as we just go through our busy day. And so I love that you have these events in the summer to help people become more aware. You work on the website, but what would you say is something that people don't know, but that they need to know? Oh, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing that people don't know, but I would love for them to know is just the simple fact that we are here year round and we have programming that is going on all the time. And about 99% of the time, it's completely free because of our corporate sponsorships that we get. So we're able to turn around and not charge for programming. So we have both Seattle Out and Proud or Seattle Pride, which is us who you're talking to today. And then there's also our 501c3 nonprofit, the Seattle Out and Proud Foundation. And we put on four uh, speaker series every year on topics that impact our community. And instead of being told about that, those topics from folks, we are telling each other about these topics. So we're, we're getting queer and trans speakers. We just had one in May on disability in the LGBTQIA plus community. And we heard from folks with disabilities about the challenges and the successes and the joys and the, the hardships and ways that we could all make life a little bit more accessible for them and advocate on their behalf or with them. So really important, impactful topics that don't just occur in the month of June that aren't just about a fantastic celebration, but are year-round evergreen topics that we love to share with the community. And I love your commitment. And I don't know if it just comes from you and being a mayor, but the fact that you want people to understand their own community, that you're putting things out there, because that is something I think 
I see as lacking is people don't really understand what resources are available, what's going on. And then, of course, with COVID. So the fact that you're putting things out there, not only like here's our Web page, here's what's going on, but you're doing a quiz. You're saying, hey, I mean, like, I don't know who you call for a pothole. <laughs> well, you're welcome to take our weekly quizzes too, Lori, when this rolls around in October. It's crucial. We're an advocacy organization. We're a 501c4 nonprofit. So the difference is we get to engage in lobbying if we wanted to. We haven't done that before, but we get to you know, endorse candidates. And we're not living up to our full potential as an organization if we aren't seeing our community uh, with their full potential and with their full identity. You know, We're not just here to entertain or even just to educate, but also to equip and empower and to make sure that our community is better than we found it. And that's something that we live with and we really try to push for, even including things like our quarterly Seattle Pride magazine that comes out. Uh, our June issue is out in newsstands throughout King County right now in over 900 locations. And it has that great resource guide in the back. We haven't been able to find in other places before that lists all these amazing services that are specific to our community. So if you have a need for you know, food insecurity or housing, HIV testing, starting a family and having assistance in that, there's a place you can turn and actually find resources on it. And we see that as a big part of our mission. Do people volunteer with you? I mean, is it just for the events or what about volunteering? We live for our volunteers. We have hundreds that are on our volunteer list. It takes volunteers to put on the Pride Parade and Seattle Pride in the Park. I think we had about 70 volunteers for Seattle Pride in the Park, and we're hoping for around 200 for the Seattle Pride Parade. But year round as well, there's other things that, you know, as a small nonprofit, we could use help with, like setting up my printer, <laughs> making sure I, our IT needs are met, doing other uh, work here in the office. So we are able to take volunteers year round. If you go to our website at seattlepride.org and hover over Get Involved on the top menu, you'll see volunteer and just click there. We always have t-shirts for our volunteers. We have fun. We feed you. We compensate for your parking. Just a thank you for being part of our community. We actually have, with all these hundreds of volunteers uh, that come in and help us out, we call them our volunteer army. And we try to stay in touch throughout the year, not just um, during the month of June. It seems to me that volunteering is a place where people can give back and it it gives a sense of belonging and even identity and importance. And so if somebody's looking to volunteer, I think it's a great way to be seen and heard and also, you know, be available to other people. And I see like right now there's a lot of unemployment and I tell people go volunteer and they're like, but I have to look for a job, but volunteer. When we volunteer, we get so connected. I would agree hundred percent. That's actually when I volunteered for Seattle Pride in 2013 or 14, I did once at the Seattle Pride Parade as security. I used my height and size to my advantage and was at the, along the parade route I had no idea that a few years later, I would be hired to be the first ever employee of Seattle Pride. But those connections are helpful. Knowing your community is helpful. Volunteering gives you a sense of purpose, a sense of self, a sense of belonging, but it also is a fantastic networking tool. And at Seattle Pride, we're even looking at starting a internship program where there's a paid internship where you can help folks who might be like just on the cusp of, of fitting into like their perfect corporate role or whatever it is 
let's get you those skills. Let's build that up, give you a little bit of, of financial support for that as well, and get you equipped to go into the working world. I love that. I know that we talked about this last time, but what brought you to this work? The biggest thing is I found my community at the Seattle Pride Parade when I came out at 17. I came out as bisexual. I couldn't come out to my full family. It was very religious upbringing in a way that wasn't as accepting as many of our of, of our spiritual institutions are nowadays. It felt like coming home to me when I decided to apply to be the executive director at Seattle Pride. But I've been an activist my entire life. I experienced homelessness when I was really little, when I was eight years old in Aberdeen, Washington. Lived with my mom in our car. And we, when I moved up to Bellevue after that to live with my dad's family, we were very poor. We were always at the food banks, but still my parents instilled in us the need to give back to our community. So even though we would eat in that same spaghetti line at the community centers, everyone else, we were also there serving the spaghetti. We were there serving the food. And so the love of serving other people and just showing that every person can matter, every person has an impact and is worthy of just saying hello to has been what drives me constantly. And this work is the perfect fit for that. Whenever we talk, I just see such joy in you and how much you love what you do. And what would you say brings you the greatest joy? I think what brings me the greatest joy, it's not entirely Seattle Pride related, but it's watching my my four kids. They're six, 11, 13, and 15. Uh, watching them find who they are and knowing that they've got a safe place to do that. My oldest son is trans. So watching him transition and feel comfortable and safe doing so has been the biggest blessing in my life to be able to provide that kind of safety for them and seeing them start to put their roots in and grow. That's what I want for everyone in our community. Thank you for sharing that because I know that just the things that we see on how I feel like Seattle is a community that accepts and is welcoming, but we know that there are haters and people that will treat them badly. It makes me so sad. I'm trying to be really careful about what I say, but as a mom, how do you cope with that? It is a daily difficulty to know that whether it's for my my transgender son or my three cisgender children, that there are people out there that could at any moment change the course of their lives. It is something I grapple with. They're all in four different schools, which is its own challenge, but especially a child who is non-binary or transgender, it's difficult to know that, that their life isn't entirely in their control, that other people could impact them. So what we do is just talk about the resources that are available, provide as much love as possible, seek out welcoming spaces and carve them out for ourselves if we have to, which is honestly the very spirit of what pride is. You know, we started with the Stonewall riots in 1969 with um, black and brown trans women fighting for our rights. And we just continue doing that. And that's become part of what our community is and what we do. And that's the philosophy I have as a mom as well. What do you see as the next big hurdle for us to overcome? I think it's really focusing on the rights of our transgender community. Uh, We've seen successes and we've seen a lot of backsliding. And now we're seeing what used to be covert attacks or or silent maneuvering in um, city, state, federal government being outright attacks on, you know, whether kids can play as the gender that they identify all the way to um, whether it's abortion rights or medical care. They're really targeting our transgender family. So I think fighting there is where we need to start turning our attention to. 
but it's also pretty tiring. And so many members of the trans community have been fighting for so long without support. So it's hard to get them to trust that, you know, we're on your side, we're here to support you. We're just recommitting to showing up whenever we can, whenever asked to do what we need to do. Somebody listening is really feeling that. What can they do? Well, there's a couple things immediately. We have the Seattle Pride Advocacy Alert email list. So you can join that by going to seattlepride.org and scrolling to the very bottom of the page. And there's a section on every bottom of the page that says join our email list. And you can choose which one you want to join. Uh, We had 145 people join that advocacy alert in the month of May alone. So it's up to 445 people right now. And I just sent an alert out today on the 8th that's for the Kent School District book ban that's um, up for debate tonight for an LGBTQI plus book in the middle school library. So we send this alert out and it it gives you something to do immediately to put that frustration into action. Uh, There's also registering to vote. As soon as you're able to, Washington has a great early voter registration program. Going to the Secretary of State website is crucial to get yourself pre-registered to vote and then making sure you show up and you do it. But also sometimes voting can feel very frustrating (laughs) if we're voting for people, they're not voting the way that we want. So also consider running for office yourself or looking for advocacy groups that represent the issue that you care about and finding ways that you can help. I think just this movement requires more of us and more of us on a consistent basis. That way, those of us that are really active don't get burnt out. When you said get involved, run for office, you know, it's so interesting because I will talk to people who are so passionate about things. And I'll say, have you ever considered running for office? And they look at me like, are you crazy? And I know that you ran for an office early in your life. Can you just talk about that? Because I feel like if people know it's doable, it might change their mindset a little. Yeah, I ran for the Burien City Council in 2017 and won my very first time running for anything. Well, aside from like ASBA, (laughs) ASB president school, did not win that one in high school. But I ran for city council in Burien and I won. I took on an incumbent that had been there for a term. I had five other people running against me and no one knew who I was. I was just this random person, fairly new to Burien, had only lived there for two years. But I ran because enough people had asked me to. I've been involved in advocacy. I was outspoken on some issues. And when enough people ask, and, and women especially have to be asked, I think it's something like seven times in order to even consider it. Uh, so I was asked numerous times and finally decided, you know what, there's no reason not to do this. And I ran and I won. And then um, two years into my term, I was voted deputy mayor by my council. We appoint from within. And so I finished out my four-year term as deputy mayor for the last two years. And now that I'm no longer an elected official, um, I'm still running for PCO, for precinct uh, committee officer. So I'm still wanting to be engaged in local politics. It's very doable. There are great organizations out there. I used to be a program coordinator for She Should Run, which is a nonpartisan group that teaches women and non-binary folks how to run for office at any level and how to build your why, build your leadership statement. So organizations like that are fantastic or just reach out and talk to us as well. You can uh, email me directly at crystal.marks at seattlepride.org. Crystal with a K, K K-R-Y-S-T-A-L dot M-A-R-X at seattlepride.org. And I'm happy to talk to members of our LGBTQI plus community about 
how to run for office. I just remember last year when I interviewed you the first time and you said that you had been deputy mayor. And seriously, I've not stopped thinking about that because I think it's so important for people not only to have opinions, but to be like, let's put feet to it. And I know it's not easy. And I know that there's probably a lot of, I don't know what to do, but the fact that you say there's a whole organization, they can call you, email you and talk about it is I would love to see people that have just never even thought about it go, you know what, I'm going to give it a try. If people can wake up one day and decide to run for office who aren't members of our community, who are typically older, richer men, <laughs> then anyone can do this. If, if we saw a certain president from 2016 run and win, we can do it too. But the most important thing is just knowing your why. Why do you want to run? And that is so uniquely you. So if you're listening and you have a passion for making a difference in your community, consider any level of office. You get, you get your foot in there, make a name for yourself, work for your community. It's incredibly needed. And what better way to advance rights for our community than to really have that on the ground impact. And I think if we learned anything in COVID is how very important community and community connection is. It was crucial during COVID and knowing that we're still, we're still in it is tricky, but knowing that we have a community, especially in the LGBTQI plus community who is used to taking care of each other, it allowed so many of us not to slip through the cracks, not to, if people lost their jobs, they were still able to make those connections within community. It's actually pretty touching that our, our theme for this year at Seattle Pride is family reunion, not just because of, you know, family or chosen family, but there was a saying in our community where if we would introduce our significant other to people at the office or to our, our blood family, but we weren't out of the closet, or we didn't feel safe to say that they were a partner, we would just say, oh, this person's in my family. We're really bringing all of that back around and COVID really showed us the importance of that. Well, Crystal, thank you so much. Again, the parade is Sunday, June 26th from 11 a.m. to three, but get there early. You can find out all the information about the Seattle Pride Parade at www.seattlepride.org. And you're on Facebook? We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and TikTok. At Seattle Pride. Our Seattle Pride on Twitter. Everything else is at Seattle Pride. That's us. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference.